Welcome to the Sleazy Podcast, the podcast about anything and everything, but mostly TV and movies. And now it's time to get sleazy. All right, this is episode 43 of the Sleazy Podcast. I'm your host, Sleazy. Thank you for clicking the download button or the stream button, whichever you chose. Thank you for listening, though. Tonight, we have an absent absentee. Robzilla is sick, so he's not here. Poor Rob. So the chair is now... I'm back in the chair once that I again. fucking hate. Mike, a.k.a. Hot Sauce, is in the chair. No, but what happened to you? I'm off next Friday. I think I'm going to go buy a round table. I didn't have time today. So Were you off? I was. I slept... The, I told you, dude. <laughs> I slept half the day away. I was a little... Uh, little rough this morning so but you know just make sure that mic is a little i think you're a little off the direction there. yeah 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 you got your you went a little closer to you there that better you know kind of like you're in a you know yeah there you go <laughs> yeah better yes watching a six foot three 300 pound dude deep throw to mic. <laughs> okay and then of course we've got uh mr pbs kyle is here yeah <laughs> i will not be deep throating any microphones but You'll no, just you'll be there. Something else. I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm immature as fuck. If you didn't already know that, yeah, so, it's so good, many though. orifices, so few microphones. <laughs> um, we got that Yeti mic still too. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. That, is that what that was? Perfect size of, for there's you to plenty practice. Plenty of mics around here. There's a mic right here. Um, so, so if anybody's voice gets kind of muffled, you'll know what's up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Uh, how was everybody's week? It started off, you know. It's okay. It's okay. You didn't do anything special. No. Okay. Who? who? <laughs> I, I never. I was shit. waiting. You guys said last year you were going to call me on Friday. We we're going to do something. I just stayed at home all day and changed my oil. Did you? Yeah. I don't remember that. You said it. You said because you had Friday off and he had Friday off and Rob had Friday off. Like I'm going to call you. Next you said Friday. you were going to take Friday off. I thought, but yeah, but nobody told me to. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Well, I guess we'll do that. We'll we'll figure another time. You were the one that was off last night and could have said, "Hey, we're at wrestling. Are you guys going to take tomorrow off?" Because I was talking <laughs> to you last night. Oh, I wasn't like on my phone the whole night. No, <laughs> I was looking at uh, you know, the wrestling. And he had such an exciting night. He had a Snapchat as Coors Light. Like, Ooh, yeah, yeah, I Coors did. Light, big night. I did. I, I needed a couple. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, it was kind of like uh, offset. I got a a beer. The first beer I got was like warm. Cause I got a tap beer, and uh, so I went back. I was like, "Well, you guys got in the can, and they had all kinds of like Columbus Brew shit." And I was like, "Just give me a Coors Light, you know." I just want beer. I just want a buzz. I don't want to fucking look cool drinking. <laughs> you know? you want I never want to look cool. I just want to be fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to get you know a slight buzz and scream and yell some shit at the wrestlers. I'm and, at the Pavilion for a fucking house show. Yeah, I want to get fucked up. But it was a good time. Uh, NXT is so fun. Like I said, it, it's very uh, intimate. Like you, you uh, added on to what I was saying last week. <laughs> but um, they didn't have like as many notable people. So it was a lot of newer people this time around. You know, last year they had a lot of people that are like ready to move up. But we got to see uh, Johnny Gargano was in the main event again this year, and uh, he gave another farewell speech. Because uh, he got, he actually did get called up a couple weeks ago. Oh, but Johnny Gargano is a local guy. He's from like Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. 
So he's he's not your like prototypical like big wrestler guy. He's like a little technique kind of guy. Okay, but he's good. I think he'll like a luchador. N- no, kind no, not really. But he he can do like the roll arounds and submissions, okay. kind of like your Daniel Bryan. Um, but he's good, and I think he'll be a super. You know, he'll be at the top someday if they push him right. But it was fun. Super hot ring announcer. Um, not really too many hot. Uh, Female chick wrestlers, no. Yeah, they had uh, these. These weren't the cream of the crop, but they were good. <laughs> they were good, but it was fun time though. Rob, Rob did make it out for that. Yeah. For those of you listening, you gassed him out, man. That was it. You for those him. of you listening, Rob was in the hospital Monday night to Wednesday. He had pneumonia, supposedly. What supposedly, is this is what he's telling us. When Mike, when you when you shared in the group, like Rob's alive, I'm like, oh, Rob ain't missing no rats. <laughs> no, yeah, you could, you could have wheeled him at, in there in his hospital bed with his IV in his arm. He was like, he. We were talking to him earlier in the week. He was like, you know what? I'm not missing that for the world. Really? He was and like, it's just a little NXT house show. Yeah, he's on it that's that how fun it is, dude. And he was like, he was like, oh, they're getting me out of here Wednesday, one way or another. And I'm like, all right, dude. Well, you know, you don't have to go. You know, like, no, no pressure. You know. I'm going. I'm going. I'll be there. I, if I gotta borrow my dad's wheelchair, I'm going. <laughs> oh shit! How much were the tickets? Uh, tw- like twenty five bucks. Oh, so if you don't go, you don't go. Big deal. Yeah, and uh, he he tried to. He said he asked his dad. He was like, "Let me get that wheelchair," and he was like, "No, <laughs> no." He wasn't coming <laughs> no. off of it. But we we took Rob, and uh, he he was fine. But by the end of the night, I could tell it took a toll on him. Mm-hmm. You uh, said you we, were out late. Yeah, we got back to his place around. A little bit before midnight, but uh, as soon as he got in the door, he hit the fucking couch. So. Just you two went? Uh, n- no, we went with our other uh, buddies, uh, Greg, and uh, we call him Black Eric because, you know, he's black. Okay. So, but, and uh, it was a good time. But So, all in all, fun time. I highly recommend it if you're into that thing. I noticed a lot of people were, like, there that didn't, uh, that weren't, like, wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there was a, a bunch of people that were, like, uh, like standing behind us because it was a sold out event, so they weren't down in the the pit area. They were upstairs standing around, and uh, the like the you know a bunch of guys were checking it out with their girlfriends, and of course the girls like, well, what are they doing there? What's that? Just Arnold crowd people. Yeah, I think people were just you know kind of looking for something to do while they're here in town. Just an event. Yeah, and they have MMA there tonight. And, oh, so for the Arnold. Okay. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of shit going on down there this weekend because of the Arnold, obviously. But uh, so yeah, that was that was my week. Well, the guys just like making up fake moves at Element stuff. Hmm? The guys behind you didn't know what they were talking about. Were they just like? I don't know. They were just kind of. Their girlfriends were asking them shit, and they were like, "Oh, you know, they grab the rope. They, they got to break it." <laughs> oh, well, that's kind of stupid. It's like, you know, because they, you know, I'm guessing they watch MMA and, you know, yeah. there's no breaking yeah. MMA. So that's their, what they're reasoning on. Breaking bones. It's like, that's the whole point of the rope being there so they can get away. Did they have affliction shirts on? No, they were dressed uh, <laughs> very, very nicely. Oh, really? Yeah. So they definitely did not Yeah, they were, they, they were kind of like preppy. So they were like well dressed and, you know, your typical person's in a, uh, T-shirt, you, you, there's t-shirt. a lot of wrestling t-shirts and you know uh-huh. beards and uh you know 
uh, wrestling hats too, stuff like that. But it, it was fun. So the same guy was there again this year yelling shit out. Yeah, he's funny as hell, man. Whoever that guy. Do you I got, think he travels with them? Do you I, think he's part of the gig, or do you think no, he's local? I think he's just a local guy that comes in and drinks beer. And you know, the, back in like the ECW days, they had members of the crowd you could pick out over multiple shows who yeah. was there all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, that was in the same building, wasn't it? It was all in uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia or whatever. Yeah. yeah, they just did it in the same building, so people would get there early and then get the same seats, and you know, obviously throw that chair in the ring. <laughs> but all right, so. It's time for our newest favorite segment. Florida News. Florida News. Florida News. (laughs) Who's ready for some Florida News? Let's get it. All right. So, Kyle actually found this one. This one's pretty good. Loading it up here. I don't know. I mean, last week's last week's were good. Like mayor shooting at the deputies. That's hard to beat. You know? Yeah, <laughs> mayor shooting at the deputies. A bootleg dental clinic. Robert Kraft getting a tug job in the spa. Two I mean, tug jobs. Two tug jobs. That's hard to beat. The more you know. He, he rolled into that AFC championship <laughs> game like yeah. Feeling, he was relieved. Feeling good. It's just it's just kid stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Pensacola, Florida. Authorities say a Florida man accused of threatening his family ended a four-hour standoff with police after he was promised a slice of pizza. <laughs> hey, I was just I hungry. Can't, I can't knock him, really. Yeah, I mean. He was hangry. Oh. The, the Pensacola News Journal reports that 33-year-old Evan Charles McMullor, whatever that is, was arrested Tuesday and charged with resisting an officer and aggra- aggravated stalking. Uh, police say officers responded to a report of a possible battery at the Pensacola home and found Mick Lamore and barricaded himself in a room. Officers say Mick Lamore uh, claimed to have claimed to have had a gun, so they brought in the SWAT team. Crisis negotiators eventually managed to co- uh, coax uh, Mick Lamore out of a promise with a pizza. What uh, kind of pizza I wish, was? I, think, it? I don't think the article says. It'd be nice to know. Yeah, I need to know what's gonna draw. What's gonna draw you out of a four-hour standoff with police, Kyle? <laughs> a uh, cheeseburger. A, a get out of jail free card, okay. probably. <laughs> yeah, get out. <laughs> Kyle, I think Kyle would do it for a uh, Five Guys burger. Five Guys burger. Yeah. Give me like a large sack of fries. Junior or a? Oh no. I'm coming out for some Plank's pizza. That's what I'm coming out for. It's got to be a just pepperoni and cheese. <laughs> It says it wasn't clear if he actually received a slice. Oh, that's man. fucked up, man. That's Give him janky. A, yeah, dog the bounty hunter would have gave him a slice. Yeah, he for lets real. everybody smoke cigarettes. <laughs> be there in his be there in his SUV, He's like brah, brah, brah. Got to get brah. with Christ and some of this How's pizza, it? brah. How's it? How's it? You want to pray for you, brah? <laughs> How's it? Okay, so this one, you know, now we've we've spread the word that Florida news is great and. Uh, our viewers, our listeners, are actually giving us news. This Who one's, gave us this one? This one is brought to you in part by the one, the only, Jason Collins. Spe- special, uh, special reporter, Jason Collins. Special reporter, oh, Jason Collins. The field guy. Yeah, he's our field guy. Like the the the, the man on the beat. He's yep. on, he's, he's on the Florida desk. 
Well, doesn't don't don't like all the late night guys have like their one guy that they send out, like the one guy that yeah. does the you know send him to the Olympics or send him to the this and that. That's Jason. He could be like uh, what's uh, Jimmy uh, Guillermo. Yeah, Guillermo. Yeah, he could be our good Guillermo. <laughs> oh shit, we should send him to interview people and stuff. <laughs> Teach him how to record. I you think know? if you play back last week when we were talking about sending Rob to a little massage joint, I will throw money at dumb shit. Don't <laughs> do not do not encourage this. By the way, I took I took like I don't know a couple hours out of my day one day earlier this week, and I was looking at the worst reviewed uh, <laughs> massage parlors in Columbus. <laughs> And then I actually found a uh, gay heart, uh, our buddy gay heart. He uh, he was like, you know, there's a rub and tug website that uh, that tells you where the rub and tugs are. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, really? It was like rubandtug.net or something like that. And I'm like, well, and then I guess you had to like you had to sign up and <laughs> to give like you know feedback and ratings and all that, like a Yelp, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Okay, well, back to Florida news. Serious business. A Florida man has been jailed after police say he tried to char sex offenders to death. Jorge Porto Sierra, 50, confessed to uh, Escuelo County investigators that he attempted to kill multiple people on March 7th at a hotel in uh, Kismet. Wait a minute, that's March 7th, so this is an old article. Oh, Jesus, Jason. He gave us an old article, but it's still good Florida news. What's the year on it? I don't know. at least be within the last It doesn't say a year. It just says March 7th. It's not a fake website. It's not one of those hoax websites. No, foxnews.com. Oh, was it? Okay. He said, he yeah. said it's not one of those fake websites. <laughs> we still read the we can still read the article off though. You know, I just I always forgot that CSI was in Miami. So, you know, why do they ever cover any of these stories on CSI Miami? Right. They Yeah, but anyways, this guy tried to set a hotel on fire and two of the four people were child molesters supposedly. So but that like, was the reason he did it. Yeah, he didn't like child molesters. Like, do they? Do the child molesters like meet up? Do they have a convention? At yeah, it maybe. Mu- maybe it was like a little place where they can stay after they get out of jail or something. Who knows? Oh, like they do with the Y downtown. <laughs> yeah, the Y is the um, what do they call that? What am I looking for there? Like a halfway house, or yeah, yeah, like a halfway house. Yeah. The Y is the halfway house downtown. Because you know they have a hard time actually finding places where they can live. Because mm-hmm. they can't be near a school, it can't be near a daycare, so that kind of you know. And what what's in every neighborhood? You know, schools and daycares. Uh, where's the other? We got one more Florida article. The the Cookie Monster. Yeah, where's it at? Where's it at? Did you guys like that Steven Seagal video I sent you? Where he lazily dispatches a group of students or fellow martial arts competitors. Yeah. He's just going through the motions. That's just big pimping right there. He spared their lives by not breaking their arms. That's all I'm saying. Snapping their necks. (laughs) No emotion. Totally emotionless the whole time. He's just. Yep. All right. Now, this one's from February 25th, 2019. So, this is new. Uh, Florida man is accused of uh, battery by cookie after deputies say he threw a piece of one at his girlfriend. 41-year-old Wade Smith was arrested on domestic battery charge. The girlfriend told Deputy Smith threw a hard piece at her and hit her in the forehead. Smith admitted to throwing the cookie. Smith and the victim lived together and told deputies they are in an intimate relationship. 
Yeah, that's kind of like why'd she call what it? What kind of cookie was it? Just said it was a hard cookie. Hard cookie. Probably oatmeal raisin. Oh, but dude, don't fucking hate on oatmeal raisin cookies. Oatmeal raisin. You go. What's you go, wrong with oatmeal raisin? Don't hate on oatmeal raisin. You think raisin. you're about to bite into a delicious chocolate chip cookie? And you're like, oh, who the hell got oatmeal? No, raisin? you know it's oatmeal raisin. Dude, if you can't tell an oatmeal raisin from a chocolate chip cookie, you got issues. Now, I like oatmeal raisin cookies like that are like packaged in the store or whatever. Mm-hmm. But some I've had a couple of people that have made them for me, and I'm like, man, this is kind of nasty. Like soft batch? Yeah, like they kind of come out weird, and it just doesn't No, I mean, you it. like the soft batch. You like the soft ones. Or do you uh, like no, a little bit harder? A little one? bit harder. Okay. Yeah. There you go. The hard oatmeal raisin. Dude, <laughs> fuck you. Oatmeal raisin cookies are the shit. Yeah, I like them, but... As, as long as they're not like still warm and uh, I know you're you're dreaming about it now. Oh yeah, good stuff. Oh, I gotta make some cookies. Never mind. I gotta give me the cookies. hockey puck oatmeal raisin cookies. I'll be uh, all right. I'll keep the warm fresh ones. You can have the stale ones. Yeah, I'll wait till they get a little hard. That's what she said. Um, Speaking of that mic in your mouth, <laughs> you're right. Okay, so Florida news is over with. The Oscars were Sunday. And Lady Gaga and uh, Queen, they didn't they didn't get best picture. No. They didn't get best picture. Now I can't really like give like an opinion of who should have got best because I've only seen one of the films. No, yeah, this you've, year. Seen, you've seen two of them. It's all Black Panther. Oh Panther. yeah, I did see Black Panther. So who who all was nominated, do you know? For Best Picture? Yeah. You're looking it up right now, aren't you? Yeah, I got them on here. Uh, Green Book, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Black Panther, Black Klansman, uh, Vice, A Star is Born, and Roma. Okay. I still need to see Vice. The only one on that list I've seen is Black Panther. I didn't think Black Panther should win Best Picture. Uh, I mean... It was good, but... It's good, but there's no, like, over-the-top performances and... You know, I I think... Mm -mm. I think you should have, like, a none of the above. You can have a year where you don't have, like, a Best Picture, you know? I think it's okay. It's like... When I think of Best Picture, I think like a movie that should blow you away. It's just so good. Yeah, you know. Did, did uh, what what did Scorsese win Best Picture for? Was it the one with Jack Nicholson and? Well, he he won for The Departed. The Departed. Yeah. And, the Departed, know, like that. That's the kind of movie I think of, like Best Picture. Mm-hmm. And even even there was some controversy with that. I think because everybody said that it's he won it because he finally won it you know what i mean like a gimme yeah like because a, like, well, a, like a token been, award he had been go. screwed so many times though well, it was something like um it's like leo yeah leonardo dicaprio he's been screwed so many times and the one that he finally won best or best actor for wasn't really his best performance which one was that it was the revenant right yeah the revenant okay. yeah. i mean it was a good movie but i mean but then like, he, for Scorsese, somebody said like he should have won for Goodfellas back in the nineties, but yeah. something else won swept the Oscars that year, and then he should have won for Casino or something like that. He didn't. I that. love fucking Casino. Casino is a great I film, and it's Casino. so long, <laughs> but it's a great, great film. So that's that. You know, there's always that controversy with like it, it was finally somebody's time to win or something like that. That seems how the Oscars is though. Like yeah. people pay their dues and then they finally win. Mm-hmm. But so I, I think for a category like best picture, and you know, those every every Oscar season they come out with those article ten worst best picture winners. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think it should be okay to be like, yeah, we didn't have something that was best picture this year. It's yeah, uh, but I don't I don't know if you can do that. I don't know if you can write it off because you may not have you know a mind blowing epic yeah. film, but it's still that was the best one of this year. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I don't. I don't think you can totally dismiss the category. I mean, I get what you're saying yeah. though. Like, hey, there was no great movies, but this was the best one. Well, and there, like, there's always that controversy. It, you know, like Green Book got it. Mm-hmm. Some people were saying like, yeah, it's okay, but yeah, you know, it was a safe choice. Yeah, that that's what when I was talking to you the other night Sunday when I kind of texted you when they announced it and stuff. It was like. I was looking at some Reddit threads for the Oscars, and they were like, you know, that's the safe choice. You know, you, you did that because nobody's going to really get offended by it. It's not a great movie. It's not a, you know, nobody's, nobody should get upset about that. You know, it's not going to offend anybody. It's not just some crazy off-the-wall movie. I heard a lot of people thought the favorite was mm-hmm. the better movie out of everything. But uh, I was surprised that uh, what's-his-face uh, from... True Detective won uh, supporting actor, I think. Well, he was in Green Book, so you know, yeah. yeah, stuff kind of goes together. But you know, just I, I, I think I've said this maybe on the podcast before, but like ever since like 2014, when um, uh, Gyllenhaal didn't even get nominated for Nightcrawler, that's kind of like that was like the last year I really kind of paid attention. I'm like, eh, anymore. It seems like they just they're not giving it to the right people not even like not to not even be nominated mm-hmm. you know for some of the best performances let alone win it's kind of like what, what what's the point it's all political yeah, and it's, it's all political yeah. and favorites and who do you know and uh-huh it's very much the scene yeah yeah i was uh i was surprised that that uh they gave best actress to uh olivia coleman uh, olivia coleman for the favorite i mean once again i haven't seen it but the hot you know, the hot person of the night was uh, Lady Gaga. You know, a lot of talk. You always heard the talk. You, you hear the talk, talk, talk. And, uh, but, I mean, it wasn't really, like, there wasn't a whole lot of competition in that Best Actress. It was uh, Melissa McCarthy was in there. She's not. You know, She's not going to win Best Actress. No. no. Uh, there was the, uh, I'm not even going to try to say yeah. her name, from Roma. And then uh, Glenn Close was there. And, I, you know, they're not going to get... Glenn Close has already had her time. Well, actually, that was the big thing because uh, Coleman gave her speech. Mm-hmm. Like, Glenn Close has been nominated like seven times. She's never won. Yeah. You know, and uh, Olivia Coleman, I, I haven't seen The Favorite yet, but I, I always forget how to say that director's name. It's Yorgos uh, something or other. Yeah. Lanthimos. He makes, like, those kind of, like, super dark comedies, which uh, I think is what The Favorite is. And she's good. She was in, like, Broadchurch and... Uh, She's had like uh, small roles. I think she was in Hot Fuzz too, as one of the cops. So she was, uh, she was really good. I was kind of happy that she won. I think, I think she kind of deserved. It. But even her in her speech, she said, "I never she, thought I'd win." She was fucking Plus. shocked, dude. Yeah. She could barely talk when she was up there. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, you know, when she won, I was kind of like happy for her when I saw how like surprised yeah. she was. She's a good actress and everything. Yeah, she, she really know. is. Man, that's kind of funny. You just took me back to Hot Fuzz there. And yeah. It's like, yeah, Broadchurch was the American one, right? Uh, she might have been in both of them. Okay, because I watched the American. Is she one. is she a cop in one of them? She, I think she plays the mom of like the kid who goes missing or dies. Okay. I think she. I thought she was the cop, wasn't she? The cops and a gun. And a gun in the in the in, in the English? American one. The no, American the, one. the English one. Which one's Broadchurch? Well, they made they made one season for an English one, but it's it was British to begin with. It had, yeah. it had a David. It's, it's still called it. Broadchurch. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but that's the I watched the American one. I yeah. didn't watch the British one. The American one's just like a eight part miniseries yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I thought she was the cop in that one because what's isn't what's her face the mom that's Doctor Who now? Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Yeah, what's her face is the mom that is Doctor Who. Right, maybe, what yeah, what maybe, is her name? 
Jody Whitaker. Jody Whitaker. Yeah. Maybe maybe Coleman was and Coleman's tenant's the, partner or whatever. Coleman is tenant's partner, I think. Yeah. Um, and I haven't even watched, but maybe one episode of that Ooh. British. I watched the first season and pretty good. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm surprised. Uh, Sam Rockwell didn't take it home for George playing George W. Bush. Yeah, I, I still haven't seen Vice. I, really I got to watch that. Vice. I've seen clips of him playing George W. And yeah. it's like spot on. <laughs> Man. Whew. But uh, Rami Malek won for uh, Bohemian Rhapsody playing Freddie Mercury. That's the one movie that I've watched, obviously. But really good, by the way. If you guys haven't watched Bohemian Rhapsody. And I have not yet. Are you a Queen fan? I mean, I'll watch it. Yeah, I have no no it's, issue with it at all. It's good. Now, here's the thing. It's a biopic, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's not really, like, accurate as to when things are happening. Yeah. And they kind of write things in to make it more dramatic for the movie and whatnot. Um, like, they weren't really accurate. Uh, like, the whole movie builds toward towards Live Aid. Yeah. Towards their performance at Live Aid. And... They kind of make it seem like the the band was broken up at the time, which they really weren't. They were still kind of touring, and while Freddie was doing uh, the solo album and whatnot, but uh, and then they kind of play into the HIV. Him starting to notice before Live Aid, which he he really didn't know he he was HIV positive till like a year later. Mm-hmm. Um, when you when you read things and look at other documentaries on it, I watched a couple on it this week after watching that. So that being said. It's a great movie, and the way they did it, you understand why they did it that well, way. I heard that was sort of like the big criticism, that it was, in in a lot of ways, it was kind of like your standard, yeah. quote-unquote, uh, biopic movie. And that was, but, that was that was why some people said it wasn't quite good enough to but be they didn't, best picture stuff. They didn't shy away from Freddie Mercury's like sexuality or anything. Like the, the whole movie is like him hooking up with dudes. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. I mean, uh, he, he it shows his relationship with uh, his. Uh, were they married or they weren't married? Were they? I don't, Mary? I don't remember the story exactly, but I think they were engaged, and it just didn't work out because you know he was on the road banging dudes, mm-hmm. but. uh uh, it shows his relationship with her, and you know they never really—that's his best friend, and he always called her the love of his life. So, I mean, that was uh, you know the big thing it, that that relationship lasted all those years and kind of brought him back in the Queen. So, uh, you know, I kind of think Queen's one of those bands where it'd be hard to do justice in just like a two-hour movie. Yeah, that's, well, that's just one of those bands where you know Freddie's. The star, kind of, the, and the one everybody remembers, but hell, you know, Brian May, the guitarist, is like an astrophysicist. Yeah, and they stuff. And, they, uh, well, I mean, they point all that out in the movies. Yeah. You know how smart they are, and uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, they have an argument one time where Freddie's like, you know, pointing out, he was like, you, you would be in some stupid classroom right now if it wasn't for me, and blah 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 blah. And you know, they were all smart, and Freddie was just kind of like an art student, I believe. Yeah. But uh, it, it did is. Good of a job as you're going to get in that area, without you know making it a, a series of some sort. Yeah. But uh, for a two hour movie, it's phenomenal, I think, and it's well worth it. And you know, I found myself listening to a lot of Queen this week and watching a couple documentaries about Freddie Mercury. And uh, well, I always like to say when people bring up Queen, I think they're the most underrated, overrated band because like everybody knows like the couple of songs they hear on the radio. But they've got, I mean, they got some great albums. They really yeah. do. They, yeah. they got a deep catalog. Huge body of work. Yeah. yeah. And uh, 
that's like that's the one thing about the movie you don't see like all that body of work. Yeah. So you see like Bohemian Rhapsody, and they show like the studio recording of that, and them getting frustrated with Freddie, and he's mm. like, "No, hire, hire, hire!" You know, he wants it just right. But uh, it, it's a great movie, and I think it's it's well worth your time to watch it. And I'm kind of sad I didn't go see it in the theater and hear it, you know, in the IMAX or something mm. like that. But we know they got the uh, the preview out now for the Elton John movie Rocket Man. Yeah, I want to see that. Some people are saying are kind of in a similar vein. Yeah, I mean it's not going to be a hundred percent accurate or whatever. And once again, you got two hours to work with, so you've got to squeeze and kind of change some things around. And uh, but I think that this was as good as they're going to get it without pissing off people that are, mm-hmm. um, you know, Freddie Mercury's camp and mm-hmm. uh, Queen's camp and. Yeah. What's his face? The guitarist was real involved in this movie. Yeah. Well, I think him and uh, the drummer Roger Taylor are the only two still alive. I think the bassist died, maybe. Too. Yeah, but and and that's another thing you can see, like in the in the movie, they show like the relationship between the drummer and Freddie. Like mm-hmm. didn't they? You know, they didn't get along all the time. Yeah. But uh, and you always hear stories like. Um, like the uh, the the drummer uh, Roger Taylor, he did a couple of their more well known songs, like "I'm in Love with My Car" and all that. And like, I guess he didn't want Freddie to sing his songs, or Freddie didn't want to sing his songs, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they. I mean, they they went back and forth, and uh, you know, stuff that Freddie wanted to do, they didn't want to do. They wanted it a certain way, and uh, they, they, but it was like they were all like four really unique personalities, and it kind of made them made them what they were pushed to be greater. Yeah, so and. You know, the one thing I really like took away from the movie is I really felt bad for Freddie because I mean, he craved all this attention, but at the same time, he was like one of the loneliest dudes. And I mean, he just, I don't think he was ever truly, really happy until the end. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, he, he just, you know, he ran around with that crowd because he was so lonely. And uh, you, you, you really feel it because there's one part where he's like calling. He buys this huge house and he's calling, trying to get people to come over for dinner, and and he's just lonely, you know. Mm. And everybody else has their own life, they have their family and uh, you know, boyfriends or whatever, and he's just by himself. So he's one of those artists. I always, I'll, I'll sometimes think like, what what would he be doing if he was still around? Would, yeah. would him and Queen be still making music? Would he still be doing stuff? I think he would be. I mean, he seemed to settle down there towards the end. Mm. So he found his partner, and uh, they they kind of you know settled in, and so I think he would be he would still be around. So whether I think, he would, I think he'd still be involved in music and something. Yeah, because that was his passion, and you know there towards the end, that's all he wanted to do was make as much music as he could. Mm-hmm. So and this it, the movie really paints Freddie in a good good way. You know, it shows the ups and downs, and you know them coming back together and getting shit together again. So I, I really enjoyed it though. So, but based on watching that, is it best picture material? No. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's a good movie, but it's not best picture material. So I knew it wasn't going to win. So uh, what, was the, what was the list? Who was the other? So you said Green Mile won? Or Green the, Book. Green Book? And I looked, it was Broadchurch and Grace Point. They're not both called Broad, Broadchurch. Really? I thought, oh. I thought they still no, called it because I watched, Grace Point was the American one. Yes, yeah. and that's what I kept okay. saying. I watched, which, which, which one's the American? Because I kept, you guys were talking Broadchurch. I'm going, which one's the American? Which one, That's what I watched was the American one. Sharon's okay. watched them both. You know, she's BBC, David Tennant. She's all over that shit. So I had to watch Grace Point. Yeah. 
So and she's watched Broad Church. Best original song. Who didn't see this coming? I told you guys about this last week. Oh, Shallow. Lord. Did you guys? I think it had to be that one. Did you guys watch the performance during the Grammys? I did see replays of it. I told you I watched about eighty-seven seconds of the Grammys when they announced best. Okay, so Bradley's hot girlfriend is in the the front seat, sitting next to Gaga the whole time. But man, that I I mean I've seen duets before, but they really like sell that. I mean they have to have something going on. They're good actors. I don't know, man. They're good actors. Did you see? Look, I showed you the one clip where she went in we and watched, almost kissed him. Yeah, <laughs> like she was ready. She was ready to kiss him, and she was like, "Oh shit, we're at the Grammys." They're just good actors. No, I They're think there's something actors. going on there. They're just good actors. She just broke up with her fiance, and eventually, I think it'll come down the pipeline yeah. that Bradley breaks up with her. Oh no! There was some article I didn't read it, but like the headline was like. People need to stop rooting for the end of a, a marriage or whatever. Dude, that yeah. was every fucking... Like, you pointed it out, and then every fucking article about... Everybody, <laughs> every female that I'm friends with on Facebook, Twitter, Gaga Hart Cooper. Yeah. Gaga, I mean, everybody wants to see it. blew up. Blew and, and up. Like, I don't understand why they need to portray, like, the roles. Like, if they're just performing the song, you're not in the movie anymore. So, like, there's no need to, like... Get on the bench with her and they're get just, close. They're just into it. Like man. he couldn't stay at the end of the piano. Like <laughs> if I was no, because then the song wouldn't have that emotion and well, that feeling I, behind it. If I'm if I'm Bradley Cooper's fiance or whatever, I'm like you're keeping your ass on the other end of that piano, and this is the, this is how it's going, dude. There was no emotion behind it if they weren't like that. Like you can have your emotion at the end of the piano. <laughs> no, Sorry, no. And if you're if you're Lady Gaga's uh, dude, would you be comfortable with Bradley Cooper rolling in next to her on the bench? I'm like, hey, no. I already told you why I don't date actresses. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, uh, well, because I'm married. But prior to that, that's why I didn't date actresses. Yeah, well, you'd be, you know, they get that that the love story role, and then they end up like right. playing the love story, and then they fall in love. It's always like that too. Mm-hmm. All, all these people going. fall in love on set. But yeah, I, that performance, I'm like, I couldn't believe. Like the one that she called him up on stage a couple of weeks ago was bad enough. That little impromptu, and and then this one, they just like they were like, let's just shit on everybody and blow this one away. <laughs> but I mean, it is the Oscars, and they had to give a good performance. But which, by the way, Queen opened up for the Oscars. I don't know if you noticed I was, that. I was kind of upset. I, I haven't paid attention really to any of the Queen Adam Lambert stuff. But um, that motherfucker can sing, boy. Yeah. Well, God I was damn. I was surprised because they they got the guy who did the the singing for the movie, and he's got a very Freddie Mercury voice. I was who Mark. Uh, he's a badass, Mark. Um, but, I've watched his YouTube videos. I've seen I've he seen him can, on the news and stuff. He, he did. He did. Uh, he did some of the. Uh, the the recordings for the uh, movie yeah yeah he can nail it yeah they didn't ask Adam Lambert to do it well and, but and that's the thing I'm like I'm surprised they didn't have the guy come on for the Grammys and mm-hmm. it'd be at least part of it or something what is his name Mark what Mark starts with an M Mark Martell Mark Martell he's a badass he can sing his ass he's, he's got I think he's got that kind of same overbite too yeah he's so. he, he looks kind of like Freddie a little bit yeah but uh yeah so I think he's got a little bit more range because of that overbite. Yeah. But yeah, he he sounds just like Freddie Mercury. Adam Lambert, he can sing. Yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't sound like Freddie Mercury. Yeah. 
It's it's like a different dude singing Queen. Now, don't get me wrong. If Queen was coming here, I, I would definitely want to go see him. It would cost you an arm and a leg because, you know, they're trying to get as much money as they can now. I think they did come through, or they are. Yeah, they, they've come through in the past. I just haven't had the time to get there. But, uh, I mean, Adam Lambert's cool and all, but it's Adam Lambert, you know, like. I really wish they would have got somebody else that sounded. Well, I get more... that he's like he's like the flamboyant, yeah, type. But like, I, if if they had told me like, yeah, Mark Martell's going to come sing a couple of songs, doing his best friend. I, like, okay, I would I'll rather go see Mark Martell like with him. Yeah, because he just seems now. Can, I don't think he has the stage presence that probably, Adam Lambert probably, has. Probably, not, probably not. and and that's what Freddie has. You know that that flamboyant, yeah, flamboyant showmanship. But uh, yeah, but uh, anyways, so. Queen did win uh, Best Sound Mixing, too. They took home... Bohemian Rhapsody took home the most awards. Mm-hmm. But uh, Lady Gaga, I mean, she got that best song. She cleaned up on all the awards this year, won and awarded everything. And let's see here. What else we got? I can't believe you haven't touched on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse yet. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse won Best Animated. First non-Disney Pixar animated winner since 2006. Now, a lot of people were saying that that actually should have been like the best picture. Really? Yeah. I Did, have you seen it? No. I, I know it you have. Yeah. I have it's, re- it's really good. Um, I've tried to watch it a couple of times through less than legal means, and they haven't been the highest quality, <laughs> so I haven't watched it. Yeah, well, I told you, uh, Josh from Your Player 2, we met up. Uh, he used to do the Geeks podcast. Mm-hmm. I saw him in Best Buy two or three nights ago. We oh, were at yeah. Best Buy, or, or maybe Sunday night. We were at Best Buy. Did you say hi to him? No, I don't oh. know him like that. I mean, some Pokemon shit, but I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> he would be like, okay, who the fuck are you? And he does He does your player two now where he helps mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Uh, YouTube. He gives tips on how to. I've saw a couple clips that he's done and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm familiar he's, with he's that. He's good at what he does. Uh, but we meet up. Uh, we try to meet up about once a month and have dinner and go catch a flick, catch up. And, uh, the last time we met up, he was like, dude, we're, have you seen End of the Spider-Verse? And I was like, no, I haven't. He was like, oh, I've seen it six times. Ooh-wee. And uh, he, it, huh? he was like, we're going to go see this if, since you haven't seen it. And I was like, okay. So he's seen it seven times. And I was so. And when I got done, I was like, yeah, I can see why you've seen this this many times. Because <laughs> it was really, really, really good. Uh, they, I mean, they had really good voice actors. The animation's different. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was good. Uh, I mean, I really enjoyed it. It's probably my favorite Spider-Man movie. Really? Yeah, it's better than uh, any... I was more entertained by any of the other movies. Mm-hmm. But you've got to figure to knock off a Pixar Disney film. It has to be good. Yeah. I mean, oh, it has yeah. to be. They, they don't put out chump shit. No. You knocked off Disney Pixar for best animated picture. You, you, and you, you're doing something right. That alone in itself is an accomplishment. Uh-huh. So well, like I said, it was like 2006. I think it was the last one, and it's just you know one after the other. Because they've been chucking the everything out. I wonder what that was up up against. Uh, I'm trying to look here. Probably like, not. they don't respect that. Well, category. I told you I just looked it up because of that was our trivia oh. hint for Wednesday night. Here we go. So yeah, it beat out Ralph breaks the internet, uh, which is not a Pixar though, is it? Mariah is that how you, is that what that is? And uh, Incredibles two and uh, Isle of Dogs. So yeah, Incredibles two. That's Disney. That's yeah. Pixar. Is Ralph breaks the internet? I don't think it is. I don't think that's I Pixar. Thought, it, thought maybe it was. Is it? Yeah, I'm but not anyway, sure. kind of the funny thing since you're mentioning the the Disney Pixar connection is uh, the I think 
it was the uh, writers directors from uh, who did that also did Solo, and they got kicked off the project for Disney. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. the Lord and Miller or whatever. Um, Ralph breaks the internet. Yeah, it's Disney. Is it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, I want to touch on something here. Best visual effects, first man. Come the fuck on. You're telling me that their visual effects were better than anything in Avengers Affinity War? Mm, no. Ready Player One, their their visual effects were better than Ready Player One? No, yeah, Ready Player Ones were just okay. They weren't anything. They're better than Solo, Star Wars movie i thought solo was pretty good visual effects wise yeah christopher robbins is in there i don't know why that is but i mean obviously because of the bear come on though first man like they just had to give it something because it was about neil armstrong yeah or you know the the first moon landing like i watched that movie and it was okay but it wasn't great there wasn't anything like really visually uh stand out about it i mean I, i don't know it just that really bugged me that one winning that really pissed me off. I was like, motherfucker. Were you mad? I was. Really, really mad? I was pissed. I threw my controller and Oh. No, I didn't do any of that. Oh. <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Like we're man, getting into some old school Super Mario Kart yeah. history there, smashing controllers against the wall. But I'm gonna you know what? After our uh, last week, uh our revelation of finding out that uh Rob hates Anthony Mackey. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna like push like a campaign to get him in like every Everything. like good good movie role, and hopefully he wins like a, a an Oscar one day. At least just get a best supporting actor right. or something. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, it's funny. I came across uh, this article today, and these people that went to school with Lady Gaga at New York University. Or I just caught the glimpse of you posting that earlier. Yeah, they posted. They they had this group when Facebook first started. You know, and it was called her name is never going to be famous. And these people were hating on her all these years. And I wonder what these motherfuckers have to say after they saw her get up there and perform on the Oscars and take home an Oscar for best song. Probably just hate on her twice as much. Just a bunch of two-faced bitches and act like they're her best friend. Yeah. And after she's had all this immense success as a, a, a pop artist, she's now cleaning up all the way around the entertainment scene. Like, those motherfuckers got to be salty as fuck for making that group. Just be a bunch of two-faced bitches yeah. and act like, oh, hey, they'll, they'll give her the fake smile yeah. in the grocery store. Well, like, We hey. weren't in that group making fun of you. And then when she walks like, fucking bitch. Like, that just <laughs> goes to shit. shit. Yeah. Patty LaBelle's got more Grammys than she does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what the bitch ain't shit. <laughs> These, you know, when people don't believe in you, like, those negative motherfuckers will never go anywhere. They'll never be anybody. They'll just do the same fucking shit every day and amount to nothing. Like, don't listen to those fucking people for one minute. She ain't shit. Garth Brooks is better than she is. <laughs> yeah. Garth Brooks has sold more albums than her. That's right, Karen. <laughs> Karen. Have you heard of Faith Hill? Come on. <sighs> but yeah, I thought that was really fucked up. But and it just goes to show you, like, I thought she talked about that at some point about oh yeah being she being bullied when she was yeah she was bullied a lot. You know, people told her she wasn't going to be anybody. And she kept working at it, you know. She got a, a vocal coach, uh, a piano coach, and she became classically tra- uh, trained in uh, classical piano. Uh, she became professionally uh, voice trained, and uh, it, di- it didn't work out for her in the beginning. She was a songwriter in the beginning, and then she kept working at it, working at it, and uh, I think it was Akon heard her sing, 
and he signed her to a record label. Mr. Autotune. Yeah. <laughs> the Mr. irony. Auto-tune. The irony, right? But uh, it, it just goes to show you, man, if you if you keep working and working and working, there goes that hard work. Uh, it'll yeah. pay off. I think when you put it into yourself, though, it pays off a little bit better. And I thought uh, stuff like that was maybe why she kind of came up with the Lady Gaga character to begin with. Yeah, because she was kind of nobody knew who she was when she was Lady Gaga. Because because even after she first came out, I think you could you could, and I'm sure maybe you still can. You can YouTube the videos, you know, Stephanie Germanotta or whatever her name is, and find her just you know doing singer songwriter stuff at the right. piano. But she needed that Lady Gaga character to kind of launch her off. Yeah, but I mean, she's having a phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal year, I'd say, and uh, she's—I think she's going to have a phenomenal career when it's all said and done. But I don't know, you know, she'll do more movies. I would think she would at this point. It seems like she seems to enjoy it. But you know, her bread and butter is obviously behind the piano singing. So I think she'll be obviously doing more and more music as Elton the time John goes by. Plays the piano better than she does. <laughs> she's actually really good friends with Billy John. Joel plays the piano better than she does. Well, he's the piano man. I'm Do you know that? <laughs> Is she? she yeah, she goes and stays with Elton John and all that. Really? I only know that because I've listened to a couple of her interviews on Howard Stern, but she's I'm telling you when you hear her interviews and you hear her story, you'll have a lot more respect for her than you ever did. See before. Elton John and Lady Gaga like in their big Outfits, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the big ass like sunglasses and shit. She dumped her boyfriend to cheat on with a married man. I have no respect for her. <laughs> you, you got you should start a Facebook group. Is Bradley married or is he just? I I thought they were engaged or something. Yeah, I don't, rem- I don't... fucking home wrecker. Hey man, shit happens. You just find home the right wrecker. person in the hussy. wrong time. She's a hussy, hussy. <laughs> She's a hoe. H e a u x. She's a hoe. Do you hate her as bad as Rob hates Anthony Mackie? Fuck no, I don't hate Lady Gaga at all. I love Lady Gaga. Look, I'm telling you, the Anthony Mackie thing wasn't like put to rest because last Dude, night he was we were, hot on that. Last night when we were out at uh, uh, Roosters, he was telling some bullshit story. He was like, "Yeah, so when we went to go see Infinity War and uh, Falcon died, I was like, good, nobody likes that motherfucker, anyways." And I'm like. <laughs> Dude, shut up! You didn't fucking he was say ang- that. He was angry as shit on that last. Oh, week. dude, he, you could see like the steam coming out of his ears. He was so pissed about it. He was angry. I'm like, as what shit. did Anthony Mackie do to you? He's never been bad yeah, at anything. Uh-huh. It's, it's like it's like personal. Like Anthony yeah. Mackie, at Mackie personally did something. Like he to shit on his porch and rang his doorbell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like Rob Zilla fucking hates Anthony Mackie. Like when he was on a little promotional tour or something, he cut Rob off on 270. Yeah. No, wait, Rob don't Like, die. he was the guy that Rob asked if he could have a selfie with at the airport. And oh, he was like, yeah. no, nah, I'm busy, you. Leave me alone. <laughs> and Rob was like, fuck you. Enemy for life. Yeah. Like the like the birth of a supervillain. Yeah. Like yeah. Rob's just this nemesis to Anthony Mackie now. If, if, if Anthony Mackie, like you said, ever gets nominated for an Oscar, we're going to send Rob. We have to send Rob. Just so he can be like in the first row, like, boo, you suck. Yeah. And then Jason will be doing red carpet reporting. <laughs> that oh, would be man. great if I could like write Anthony Mackie and be like, I've got this guy. It's a Make a Wish Foundation. Oh, shit. <laughs> Dude, you can't do the Make a Wish. Next time, next time Rob's in the hospital. And then he shows up. He shows up and Rob's dressed, like, dressed, get the fuck out of here. Shows up dressed as the Falcon. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God! If Anthony Mackie ever comes to a Wizard World, I'm getting a thing signed to Rob. Oh, we should we should just pitch in and get Rob like the 
the, the VIP the VIP package yeah. for Anthony Mackie, and then we just have to make him fucking go and take yeah. the picture with oh, him. Oh, dude, that would be fucking awesome. <laughs> like Rob would just look so pissed during that. That would be fucking awesome. <laughs> and then when the picture's done, I, I would just tell Anthony Mackie like he really fucking hates you, dude. We don't know what he did. That he would be awesome. Put him on the spot, you know. Uh. Now would his reaction be the exact opposite of Sharon's reaction when we met David Tennant? <laughs> like it yeah. would just be this sulking, just this evil. I remember that because you guys were in front of us, man. Yeah. He was so cool with you guys. Yeah. He was cool with everybody, though. He, he was. He's be- a he's a fucking awesome dude. Rob met him here in Columbus. Yeah. Okay. Rob had a uh, a shirt that said "Kilgrave made me do it." Okay. And uh, I guess when he went in there to get his picture, David Tennant like stopped him. He was like, "I love that shirt." So that was kind of cool. John Behrman took a picture of my shirt when we met him in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah? What I was had, it? it was a jack-in-the-box, and it was Captain Jack popping out of the jack-in-the-box. I had the little handle on the side. Oh, nice. He was like, whoa, hold on. Let me get a picture of that. And he's like, give me my phone. Give me my phone. And he took his phone out and took a picture of my shirt in Cincinnati. That's awesome, dude. He's cool. I like him. Man. He's, he's a fucking lunatic. He is. <laughs> his Q&A is something else. He's fucking. Did you go to that? No, not that one. Yeah, you didn't go to that Columbus one that was all Doctor Who, man. Mm. You when missed Catherine out. Catherine Tate was there. Yeah, we sat through the Catherine Tate, John Barrowman. It was so much fun, man. I'd seen, I think I'd seen Barrowman at a, a, a different convention, though. So I've, <laughs> yeah, he's good. I, I definitely want to meet him. I haven't had the chance to meet him, but uh, I, I'll get it done one of these days. He, um, when we were in Cincinnati, someone, uh, you know, he's, he's big into the, you know, entertaining with the fans. Yeah. He's all about entertaining with the fans. So if there's like a, you know, an after show party or something, he's going to fucking be there and he's going to be showing his ass. <laughs> yeah. Literally and figuratively, he's going to be showing his ass. And some guy jumps up in the middle, you know, he's up at the mic for the Q and a, and, uh, you know, I'd like to just say that when I met you in such and such and, you know, and, and you, you took your pants down and you had the smoothest ass. So we got to hear how John Barrowman does his his ass regimen to keep oh his ass my cheeks God. smooth. And I'm just looking at this dude like, man, and this dude's telling us he's straight. But he just stood up and said how infatuated with Barrowman's ass. ass. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Wow. Barrowman is a fucking treat. I'm not gay, but. You know, buddy, you take care of that ass. <laughs> All right, so uh, this week was the last episode of True Detective. True Detective. Did you watch season it? Oh, yeah. three? Okay. Let me. Uh, I'll start. You on just this take one. the. You take the I'll, lead, I'll my friend, because you're ready. With it. I'm going to hit you with a word. Juxtaposition. All right. Now I know you haven't seen. Have you seen? Did you watch season two at all? Either. Not at all. No. All right. Not not a super duper loss, but I think it's it's kind of uh, telling to know season one and two. Uh, you know, season one was very much like this season. Okay. And, you know, that was on purpose. They wanted to come back to this because season two was, uh, it was, you know, there was, you know, we went from the two main characters in the first season. In the second season, you had like four main characters. Okay. And that was part of the problem. And it was kind of like people buying up land and to to put this rail on and then the mobs involved and that kind of stuff. And it was kind of like, kind of like Chinatown. Have you ever seen Chinatown? Okay. And, it was a little more involved, and it was out in California, but it was it was sort of like too different, and it, it was kind of rushed and wasn't as good. So they come back to this one, and I think it played off of a lot of expectations from season one, and it, they used like a lot of red herrings because you know throughout the season everybody's like, oh, 
is are they going to bring back McConaughey and Woody Harrelson for some reason, which I thought was an awful idea. So spoiler alert. I'm glad they didn't. But you did see when I was telling well, yeah, you, I mentioned you. Know, I, they I saw have, that. They do have a little, like a little ping in there for well, them, but that, it's and not that's, a. And that's the thing. A little newspaper article. In, yeah. Um, and that's what the interviewer is pretty much trying to get through most of this season is that, oh, was there some big conspiracy and cover up? Mm-hmm. Because in the first season, it's kind of a plot point. It's not like a super duper big thing that there's rich people out there doing weird stuff, you know, abusing kids and just doing weird <laughs> stuff to begin with. As so, we know. Yeah. So throughout this season, everybody's kind of waiting on that to be like the big reveal. Okay. And it doesn't happen, you know. And everybody's kind of waiting for, for stuff like that to make its way back from season one. But that, that's not how it goes. It's, it's, it's more of uh, contained. And it's still, it's still rich people causing people's problems, you know. And they said it in Arkansas, whereas the first season in Louisiana. Uh-huh. So it's 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 really kind of good to have seen the first two seasons in a way to see how they come back and they play with expectations in this season, and um, and it was it was really good throughout. You know, Stephen Dorff. Uh, this the season mainly focuses on uh, Ali. Really, he's he's purple. The, yeah, purple, purple, purple. He's, purple. he's purple. he's really the main character. Yeah. But all the side characters kind of get their time too. Oh, they all do. They you all know? have great roles. And and the mystery was was really good. I, I was kind of thinking about like true detectives about like time and decay and getting that clarity in the end. You know, so it was really good that they brought back like the multiple timelines. I really mm-hmm. like how they do it because they don't like hit you over the head with it. You know, the '80s timeline isn't like all neon and yeah. '80s music and stuff like that. And and that was really cool. So I like how they played with his his mental illness that he's mm-hmm. got, his dementia or yeah. Alzheimer's, even though I don't think they ever say exactly what it is. No, I don't think they do. But that's pretty much what, what's you, going you on. You just assume it's Alzheimer's. Yeah. And it was, you know, in in a way, it was a really good return to form. But at the same time, they, they kind of played with it, with your expectations that it was going to be too much like the first season. I thought that was really kind of... Did, did you feel any... Did you get anything more or less from it because of you having watched the first season? Because well, I, I don't have that expectation. Right. Having not watched the first season, I don't have an expectation of what I think could be happening. You know, right, every right. week it's me just watching what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what's going to happen. I kind of form ideas as things go along, but I didn't have any preconceived notions of this is okay. You know, when it first came on and we talked briefly the one week where we said, you know, I hope it doesn't turn out to be like the Memphis Three. Exactly. The, and it totally wasn't. So right. I was like, I'm cool with that. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah, well, I thought, like I said, that it's cool that they played with the expectations mm-hmm. because everybody, you know, like I said, season one is still like some of my favorite TV ever, and everybody wanted to come back to that, you know. So I don't know if it necessarily enhances the season or not, right. but you know, we're all like seasoned film and TV watchers here. You know, as as soon as we're professionals, yeah. fucking professionals, you buddy. know. It's like um, it's like that episode of the IT crowd where he's watching the Korean zombie movie that Tarantino produced, and the guy's like, oh, there's a twist at the end. And he's like, no, now that you told me there's a twist at the end, I'm going to spend the whole movie trying to figure out what the yeah. twist is. You know, So we're all just sitting there waiting like, oh, is there going to be some big conspiracy? Is it going to be this? Is it going to be that? And it, and it turns out to not be that, yeah. you know, for the, for the better, really. Yeah. It's still rich people in the South. I fucking loved it. I mean, it, I... I more so want to go watch the first season now. 
just because of how much I enjoyed this. Oh, and everybody man. says the first season was so good. If the first season, which everybody says is great, if it's even if I even enjoyed half as much as I enjoyed this, I'll be totally you'll love fucking, it. You'll love it, dude. Trust me. But I I thought uh you know I just enjoyed this one from the get go. I, yeah. I didn't have any expectation that it was going to be like the first. Obviously, because the second one wasn't. Right. But well, uh, they, I think they said from the get go that they wanted to bring it back to more like the first one. But this was good, man. I really, I the, the cast was good, and I enjoyed every bit of it. And the writing was good. Uh, just the tone they set was really good too. My only complaint, and it's so fucking petty, was when I told you the last two scenes. We didn't need to see them in the bar. I think we kind of did. I think it, it, it could have been better placed, because you even said it in our message, and I was thinking it while watching it, like that shot of the kids on the bike. Yeah. Probably should have been like the last shot yeah. of the show. Well, and I even like the last shot of him in, in his jungle. Yeah, he's just kind of losing himself. He's just kind of going out there. You know, He's still just kind of out there doing what yeah. he does. He's just... I, I I mean that ending was fine. The kids on the bike just full circle. It started with the kids on the bike. It ends with the kids on the Man. bike. So was that him like pretending he was in the jungle again? Well, you know, people I haven't. I was a couple of articles I was hoping to read before we talked about. It, but I didn't get around to reading them. But like some people, were like is he is he like still on the hunt for something in his own mind, or is he That's lost? What I t- is he lost, lost in out his, there in, yes. in, in his thoughts or his memories or whatever? Yeah, the the the, the you know. Purple is still out there. You know, he's out there. This is what we, that shell, him now is that shell. Purple is still out there. You know, he's still in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And in a way, I kind of didn't like it because it was a little too ambiguous, but at the same Mm -hmm. time, it kind of gives you, you can go whichever way you think. Yeah. And I saw, you know, uh, uh, I tried to avoid articles about it throughout the season, but like the, uh, however you say his name, Nick Pizzolatto or whatever, he gave some interviews and he talked, shot down some of these theories and talked about other theories or whatever. And like people were saying, oh, was it like all a dream? Because it kind of goes into his mind at the end. That I'm like, that that would have been awful no, for me as, as, tr- that as a true detective. Horrible. That wouldn't have been anything at all. I'd, I'd have hated that. I like that. Uh, what's his face was the the Hoyt character, Rooker. Yeah, yeah. At, at the end Michael of Rooker. At the end of episode seven, when he's on the phone, I'm uh-huh. sitting there like, is that is that Rooker? And then his name Why pops don't up. Why you in the step co- outside? <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was really cool because. At the end of that episode, uh, he, he's in episode eight, but he makes the phone call right at the end of episode yeah. seven. By the end of episode seven, you can kind of figure everything out almost for yourself. Yeah. You can't Some of the finer details the character has to explain yeah. in the next episode. But for the most part, by the end of that episode seven, you're kind of like, okay, this is probably what happened. And, it, and in a way, it kind of led up more to like, what are they going to do in that last episode? And they mm-hmm. And they cram a lot of those loose ends into that last episode but it didn't feel too forced though i don't think i don't think it felt forced they did cover a lot in that last episode but it didn't feel like they really like oh shit we've got to jam this in here by the way in in his way he was that was him connecting the dots in his mind and us kind of getting everything oh was you was you just sitting on the edge of the couch when he was pulled up in front of the house and forgot where he was yeah well, that, oh, that's, that, that's that's fucking that's, oh, shit. <laughs> like I said, that that's what's going through my mind. Like people were out there speculating. Like, did he already solve the case? Like back in '90, and uh-huh. he forgot. Oh, that's a good take. I didn't. You know, I, never I was thought like, about that. I was kind of like, yeah, that'd be okay. But you know, I like what they did better actually, because they had him meet with Rooker, and and Rooker's basically like, quit searching, or yeah. I'm gonna. And when it didn't make sense exactly why he was gonna come after him. Unless he was going to, yeah. thought he was so close that he'd expose his family, which kind of works. But I like the idea that 
you know, um, Detective Roland Steven Dorff starts asking, like, what have you been doing the last 20 years or whatever? Yeah. And, you know, the idea is I just live in my life. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, it wasn't anything particularly nefarious. It's just. You had kids to raise. Yeah. yeah. And I couldn't stand his fucking wife either. <laughs> I bitched every fucking week about her to Sharon. I couldn't stand her. I well, got to I got to tell you though. I just want to say this. Steven Dwarf killed it in that last episode in the bar. Like he t- like he just crushed Matthew McConaughey in the first season. Like that he used to have some of my favorite quotes out of anything on TV or movie. But Steven Dwarf that uh, that when they go into the bar and he's fucking with those bikers and he's like what what did he say like Oh, well, yeah, well, something like how fucking do, the cow. How are you fucking that mammoth over yeah. there, or something well, like, like that? How do you, how do you Frankenstein's, you know, get together and and reproduce yeah. these offspring or whatever? Now I know. Look, here I am. Here Look I am, it. seeing you sit next to that mammoth over well, there. He said, or something he said like it's that. a good thing you hit me instead of that mammoth. Or yeah, or whatever. Yeah, that's what it was. What about the whole Cyclops exchange? Oh too? yeah, and they... he was like, "Fuck you, Cyclops." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was great. I loved it. it. The guy was like, "How am I supposed to live with myself?" And he's like, "You fucking live with it." Yeah, and that was that was kind of good because, like I said, I was talking about uh, Hayes's character. He just went on and he lived his life. And mm-hmm. if you think about it, they never. Some people were c- complaining about it. They don't show you how the wife dies. Yeah, and they don't show you because it's not really important. Yeah. No, it's not because it was just them living their life. Mm-hmm. And that you know that's sort of a contrast to uh, the first season. Where you know their lives kind of get destroyed along the way, and they're they kind of have each other as partners at the end. Yeah, you could tell that Stephen Dorff's character was really uh, crushed that they they weren't working together, and he had worked to get him back in the good graces. And... Well, well, the theory was uh, Stephen Dorff's character was gay. Yes, I yeah. did see that a couple times now, pop up. Now the author, I wish he hadn't have done this, but he shot it down. He said, "No, that not wasn't really anything." I, I kind of wish he'd have been like, "Eh, maybe." You know, and that would have sort of added to it because he's part of the story through the eighties, nineties, is that he's trying to help Hayes get his life back yeah. on the force and all that. And then, and they never say exactly what happened between him and the girl he was seeing or living with. Or well, whatever. and that's where the whole gay storyline would have come in too, because what was the um, when they shit one of the later episodes? I think after she popped up in the drugstore, or whatever, and they had the recording of her calling in. You know, the guy's pretending to be my dad, and they're interviewing um, the dad again. What's his name? Uh, well, um, Scoot McNary's character, uh, Purcell. Tom yeah, or yeah. When they're interviewing him and something, and like the exchange back where he's like, "You know where I was," and everybody's kind of like, "That's mm-hmm. kind of alluding to them running into each other at a gay bar, or being together mm-hmm. somewhere, and just you know, like you know where I was," mm-hmm. you know. So, like, so I like. I kind of wish he hadn't shot that one down. That would have been kind of like, yeah, maybe. That would that would have been kind of neat. Yeah. But I, I like I like what they did a lot. I like you know the uh, the writer. He's a very like he's 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 a writer writer. Mm-hmm. So he's a very sort of literate person. There's lots of references and stuff. So and that's that's really cool. I'm I'm kind of curious to see what because there, there's definitely going to be a season four after how good that one was. So what it, what do you do now? You don't want to do another season one and three. You don't want to do another. Child. Well, I was just getting ready to ask you. One and three are both about child cases or child related issues. So, what do you do for a fourth one? Right. Do you go? You know. Do you do you pull a one eighty and go try to do something kind of like season two ish, or do you? You know. Just totally off the wall and just a different story, different storyline, different concept. But but, you know, that's the thing. The 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 setting is kind of you know the the South Mm -hmm. has worked for them in those couple of seasons. You know, the kind of weird lead detective works. So I'm really curious to see how they how they work out a fourth season if they're gonna like I said knowing 
that I I think it was on purpose the way he juxtaposed all this stuff. That is he going to go in a completely other direction or is he going to you know stick with it and do you know? So I'm curious. I'm really I'm really looking forward to it. Okay. Bottom line was this season was really good. Get your HBO Go account up and going. Damn good. I, w- I want to ask and watch it. Did you have a favorite moment other than Stephen Dorff in the bar? I've got I've got two moments. I'll, I'll talk about it real quick. You have like a, I'll, I'll say mine. You guys can think about it. Just a I little mean, bit. the Stephen Dorff bar scene was just so. That was a stand. That was a very you know the first season, uh, especially uh, Rust, which is McConaughey. They're extremely quotable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and that was and there wasn't really a lot of that in this. My that favorite season. scene in the the first one is where they're at the uh, the religious the church, revival. the tent church, and uh, you know he's asking him about his faith and all that and. Uh, Matthew McConaughey's character is like, let's face it, Marty, no one here is splitting the atom. They just show these like stupid people on stage getting, you know, baptized. Uh-huh. And, uh, so that one, you know, when I think about like favorite scenes from this one, I mean, that bar scene just uh, had me going, man. I loved it. But well, I've actually got two kind of little scenes that I really liked. And it's funny that you mentioned that scene from the first season because this one also sort of revolves or involves religion. But it's like the fourth or fifth episode where Roland is meeting Purcell in his trailer, and he's talking about going to AA and all that. And he says, "Yeah, will you pray with me?" And he's like, "Yeah, I guess." So they sit there on the couch and they hold hands, and you kind of like Roland doesn't look at the camera, but he's got that kind of like uncomfortable look on his face. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys have religious people in your families, or whatever. But who you, doesn't? You get you get together at like some big cookout or whatever, and somebody wants to pray or whatever, and you get that person who wants to like pray for every individual blade of grass ever. Yeah. And I imagine some of us have had that looks on our face before, like, is this how we're going to do this one? <laughs> and then the other thing I really kind of like, it was just kind of nostalgic in a way, but there's the episode where the detectives go meet the cousin in like a Waffle House kind of place, Yeah, and he's smoking in the restaurant. Yeah. And you, know, you don't you can't, you can't do yeah. that anymore at like any restaurant, pretty much. Right. And it was just kind of funny to see, you know, you don't go to restaurants anymore. They don't ask you smoking or non-smoking. And I don't know, it kind of... It gave me a chuckle. I really kind of like enjoyed that. I mean, I agree. I like the bar scene. But as far as like sitting here and saying, you know, favorite scenes or favorite scene, I enjoyed the bar scene. It was a good exchange. It was good. You know, I I liked that dialogue. I just liked the very last scene. I liked him being in the jungle, just kind of looking at the camera and then just kind of fading off Mm -hmm. into the grass, into the green. I, I mean, I enjoyed that. I liked that. That was a good. A good closure, a good, you know, there's still some questions. You know, you could get a lot of from that. You could well, come yeah, up with a you lot had, of you know, in the in the sun, had the piece of paper with the address on it. You yeah. Know. Do you think they'll do something with Ray Fisher down the road? Because, you know, his son was a detective, too. Mm-hmm. So. You know, they, they keep talking about, like, somebody said, oh, season four needs to go back to the first season and show what happens after. I'm like, no, I don't, no, don't do any of that. Their story's over, man. It's, you know, well, they, they talked about the article they showed, like where they got the guy, but they didn't say anything about going after other people involved in the conspiracy or whatever. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't, no, I don't want that. The story's done. Don't, that, that's why I didn't want them to bring him back in this season as some weird cameo crossover. Like, no, mm-hmm. no, their story's good the way it is. Let, leave it be. And that's the same how I kind of feel with this one. Leave it up to my imagination or whatever. If the son's going to go figure it out or not. And I really kind of like that when he goes, when Hayes is there, you get that one moment where he's like drinking the water or whatever, and you think maybe he remembers. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, you're kind of thinking, is he for, forgetting on purpose, you know, right. whatever? Did he realize what happened? Now he knows, and he's just going to play it off and, and that's just another kind of excuse one it. And... Where the uh, the writer said, no, no, he didn't. He didn't. It didn't come back to him. Like, ah, why? You know, yeah. it's okay to shoot down some stuff. But Where'd you where'd you pick all this up at? He, he did some interviews, okay. and I think he did some, maybe he's on Instagram or whatever, okay. and he replied to some people. Like, so there was a couple of articles I was hoping to read before we really got into it that I just didn't get the time to. I just looked at a couple Reddit discussion yeah. threads that some of the, you know, like, after I watch an episode, I'd go in there and look at a couple, you know, what are the theories coming up? Yeah. What are people projecting? I saw, like, people future? were thinking maybe the wife had something to do with it during certain parts. Uh-huh. I'm like, eh, it's silly stuff. Because he never read the wife's book until the end there. So, well, and that's, and that's kind of cool. That's kind of part of it because at the conclusion, you know, it, the case plays a big part in their marriage, especially yeah. the first 10 years. Huge. And that's kind of why they needed that, the stuff that happens in the 80s. I felt bad like for that dude. Scene. He's got to deal with that shit all day long. And then his wife is like trying to get shit out of him. And he's like, I just want to fucking relax. Well, and, that, and that's the thing, right? They show the 80s that they kind of got together and almost broke up over it. And the case really takes their first 10 years of their marriage and they're happier at after the 90s when they both decide we got to let it go mm-hmm. i'm telling you we got to let it go or something bad's going to happen yeah so it was really kind of cool to see all those wrapped up that way and have a relatively happy ending for a true detective i i just i didn't care for the placement of the the pool hall vfw bar scene with him and with purple and his wife i didn't care for that scene I, where I, they put it i didn't yeah that was a little it, just, it threw it I off. Got, I got it, but I was like, I could have done without it. I would have loved for them to just end it with the kids riding the bikes because I thought that was it. And when I'm talking talking to Sharon. I said, "Look, it's come full circle. We started off with the kids on the bikes. We're ending it with the kids on the bikes." I, when I was watching it, I thought that. And and it be. goes to that bar scene. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then they redeemed it though by giving me purple out in the jungle. And I was like, I like that. That was a good. Well, they they had. I think they had to do it because they had the scene earlier where they broke up. But like I, like you said, I I don't. I'm not in love with the placement of. Yeah. If they just show, if the kids had been the end, or if they'd gone the kids and kind of like into his mind to show the jungle, that'd have been cool too. So I, uh, I'm with you. It's kind of just a placement issue. I, I think you needed the scene, but it wasn't great where it was. I mean, we, we already knew the relationship. We knew how tumultuous it was. We knew their issues. We, we knew how we they knew they got obviously along. got married. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I just I didn't. It did nothing for me, and that was my only issue with the entire fucking. Eight, ten episodes, hour every Sunday night was that one 45-second exchange, minute and a half, whatever yeah. it was. This is definitely a season I, I think I'll rewatch in like a year or so, just kind of, because I've rewatched the first season like once a year anymore. But maybe in like a year or so, I'll get around to rewatching this one. Or maybe Kyle we'll, has it on his calendar. Really? Like, it's on, yeah. I got my Blu-ray. The fourth full moon of the year. What are we up to? Yeah, we're, oh, we're at an we're, hour and nine. We're, we're good. We're, oh, okay. we're right at the, we're wrapping it up. Okay. Yeah, well, I just like we're going and going and going, and I, I keep looking over like yeah. I can't see the screen from here. <laughs> we uh, we spent a lot of time on uh, True Detective. Kyle was so passionate about it, he just led the charge. Hey, I'm fine with that. I, I was going to make some notes earlier and stuff, it. but yeah, it, we're we're good. It's like you know, like I say, I keep saying the guy's a very literary person. I, I like the that it kind of unfolds in a way like a novel does, mm-hmm. you know, and it's sort of. Part of the problem with that second season is is it was kind of really complicated from the jump, and you kind of like first couple episodes you're kind of lost in exactly what's going on. I just blame it on Colin Farrell. Eh, you can do that too. Fucking Anthony Mackie's in that bitch. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you watch this one, and and the beginning is very simple. Kids, yeah. kids are missing. Yeah. You know. You yeah. You know, you don't get all that stuff. It it's slowly revealed. So, I'm curious. It's it's one of my favorite 
shows on TV, and I'm I'm curious to see what happens next. All right, so we got a few more things left. We'll round them out as quickly as we can. Uh, Hellboy trailer got the second trailer. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, much better. Much you know better. that that first one, the whole the whole premise. You know, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the other two. The first one was just kind of okay. They, you could tell they didn't have like a lot of faith in it because the whole storyline was about, oh, the new guy to join the bureau. We're we're going to follow the new guy and what he sees as the audience, you know, as opposed to just jumping in and showing the characters. So it was okay. The second one, I really liked that the Golden Army. That was that. I thought that one was really good. So I kind of wanted to see Del Toro finish off his trilogy, but they just didn't make enough money and all that. So the whole point of coming back to this one is, oh, we're going to go back to the source material. It's going right. to be horror-related, R, rated R, gory, and that kind of stuff. And that first trailer was more for the comedic effect. And it had, like, you know, Billy Idol song in the background. Yeah. And I this didn't one, watch the first trailer. It, this one was good, though. Yeah. I enjoyed this trailer. It, it really, it was a lot better. I don't, you know, I, I still, and I see a lot of people comment that it, it's still not, like, in love with it. it there's, you know, it's kind of like a drab kind of feeling in a way. Yeah. But I've com- compared to that first trailer, I'm a lot more interested now. So Hey, you know, I didn't think that they put a, uh, you know, the first two movies, they didn't put a whole lot of money in it. I mean, it didn't look like, but they were good. Uh, this one doesn't look like they put a whole lot into it. And then you see the second trailer and you see all the shit. Like, it, they're putting a lot of money into this one. Well, a lot of people were saying, like, what's what's the point if you just, you, did, you said you didn't want to make a Del Toro Hellboy, and then you just come back and you make a, a Del Toro Hellboy right. without Del Toro. Without Del Toro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, this one looks uh, like it's going to be decent. I'm still not 100% on it. I mean, I, I guess I'm just not big on Hellboy, but I've watched them all, and I guess I'll watch this one too. I started reading some of the comics, and I like somebody described it as like it's, it's kind of like part Indiana Jones. Yeah. And I kind of want more of that, you know, the, like him getting into the cult stuff and all that. So I'd. I don't know if I love this movie, but I like to see something more along those lines. And I like David Harbor. It, this one does look interesting, though. So yeah, so. Well, there's hope for it. Um, definitely a better trailer than the first one. All right, so moving on, Will Smith is officially out on this Suicide Squad uh, sequel, and he didn't get fired, so we can just toss that aside. Uh, it was a uh, scheduling conflict, so just give me Bad Boys Three. <laughs> yeah. I really the bad boy movies are awesome. So I love them. Some yeah. of we're getting bad. Favorites. We're getting bad boys uh, three. So yeah. that's what I said. Just give me bad boys three. Um, hopefully it doesn't turn out that he he misses out on you know what's his face is doing the Suicide Squad. Right, it's supposed to two. be him. Um, what's his name? James Gunn. Yeah, James Gunn is doing it. He's going to write it, it at least yeah. and direct it. Did they say he's directing? I think he's going to direct it, and uh, I think Will Smith might miss out, and you know he wasn't bad in Suicide Squad. I thought a lot of people said he was one of the better parts of it. Actually, him and Margot Robbie. I mean, yeah, I didn't think any of the, anybody was casted bad in that. I mean, it uh-huh. just came kind of came down to where they chopped it up a little bit, and I'd be interested to see the original cut of that. And I really felt like they fucking put uh, they they ran uh, what's his face under the bus, threw him under the bus. Oh, the Ayers, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd really be interested in seeing that original cut, even though they say there's no original cut. Like we know they hired a, they hired a freaking uh, a company that makes commercials to come in and recut it. <laughs> yeah, I mean they yeah, they, no they fucked up there. big time. But uh, yeah, so we'll miss out on Suicide Squad too. Uh, so that old that old DC universe is just kind of yeah. They just they really the messed it up. Like I said, I mentioned that the uh, the VP of DC or uh, Warner Brothers or whatever. 
gave an interview where they're not going to worry so much about connecting the films like they wanted to from the beginning. Why does Suicide Squad have to be connected, you know? I think it's just because it has so many characters. Yeah, like, just let it be, and, uh, you know, that was cool seeing Ben Affleck in the last one. And that was one of the better parts, and I guess maybe they added that in toward the end. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I I don't... means we needed that standalone... I liked Will Smith in that first one, and I'm kind of sad that he's not going to be in the next one, but I know there will be another great character that James Gunn will throw in there, and he'll he'll make it fun. Maybe Anthony Mackie can get a role in it. Dude, wouldn't that be great if Anthony Mackie replaced him? (laughs) You need to start a petition. Yeah, we should. Just fucking just recast him with Anthony Mackie. Yeah, because, you know, he's free I wonder if he can do that with him being a Marvel character. I think it might... I I thought it was in their contracts that maybe they couldn't. Probably got so much, like a... Not can't a, not appear a, in a competitor. Not a non-compete, but yeah. probably have like a certain time frame before you yeah. get into another avenue of... I don't know, though, but hasn't somebody else done been in Marvel and DC movies? I think there might have been some, but I can't remember now that you bring it up. But like, you know, uh, I know there's always talk about like Michael Keaton coming back as like a cameo for Batman at some point. Yeah. Now that he's been in Spider-Man or whatever. They need to just fix this shit with Flash. Uh, Flashpoint. Just well, and that's what somebody said. You know, uh, just like in the comics, DC, they're always just restarting the universe. Yeah, or whatever. just restart it and just go over. Like you can fix it; it's fixable. Just, just pretend like there's parallel storylines. I all just that. think they've gotten their fucking dicks beat down by Marvel so bad that they they well, don't want to reboot it because they want to try and keep pace. Like if we reboot it, we're going to get even further behind than what we are. The thing is, people have to understand this is totally different content. It's much darker. It's not as uh, uh, campy or funny as Marvel, and uh, when people watch this shit, they're expecting a Marvel movie, and they need to get that out of their fucking head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just don't think they're gonna win either way. I mean, I think no, they that, won't. Yeah, people don't. I don't they, know. They it's, just need to focus on making good movies. Yeah, just just give the quality, take the material that we have, and give us quality content from it. Yeah. Don't compete. Just yeah. make a good don't, movie. Don't worry about it. Like they should have just let Zack Snyder do his thing instead of chopping his shit up too. And let, you know, David Ayers do his thing instead of chopping it up. Just let it stand on its own. But at the same time, they need one person overseeing all these projects if they're gonna interloop them. And they don't have that. That's the problem. Right. They don't have the one person that's looking over everything. Or if they are, they're not doing a great job. No. <laughs> uh, I think it's safe to say they're they're not. They're just kind of rolling with whatever. Kind of upset, you know, because in the beginning, that was going to be like Christopher Nolan was going to be kind of like Christopher the Nolan was supposed to be in charge of the entire DC universe, and he backed out for whatever reason. And I got to think it's because they were going to say, you know, hey, if the, we don't like something, we're going to change it. Right. And I think that probably was the tune where he was like, yeah, I'm good. I'd rather work on Interstellar and some other things. Yeah. Well, he's, I think he's a guy who's come to have enjoy his own freedom or whatever yeah. to do what he wants. Oh, yeah. And he deserves all the freedom he, he wants after all the money he's made and success he's had for the studios. But, uh, you know, it is what it is at the end of the day. They're making their choices, and but they're still making money off of these oh. movies, so. They just and, need to get their stuff together. And not that they've been terrible. They've been good movies. They just haven't been up to what people expect of out of them because they have such a high ceiling from the Marvel movies. Because they, Marvel is a superhero movie, so they think every superhero movie has this goal to reach now. You have yeah. to compete with this. And don't. Yep. Just make a good movie. Don't compete. But on that note, that's all we have. You got Batman for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, call to action. Share with your friends. Share family, what? The show. Oh. 
Yeah. What else are you going to share? These nuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know what we'll be talking about next week. I wanted to get uh, James from the Toy Show to come on and talk about the Toy Show. So I'll have to contact him and see if he wants to come over. I think there's a couple movies start coming out. Doesn't Captain Marvel come out soon? Captain Marvel comes yes. out next week. If you yes. want to go see it on Thursday, <gasps> let me know. Might have do to do it, that. Do it. Do it. Do Rob's it. not here to really ask, so. You know, he'll he'll be down unless he's in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> he'll be down unless he's down. Well, shit, it's been, what, about three or four weeks? He should have his temps. Maybe he can drive you guys. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, Rob, we already bought the tickets. You have to drive us. Hey, you know what? John, John J-Bone messaged him uh, last, was it Sunday or Monday? He was like, oh, man, I forgot to message you on Saturday. Did you get your temps? <laughs> no, no, an- no answer for oh, Rob. Oh, shit. No answer the whole day. Get well soon, Get Rob. well soon, Rob. Yep. We'll Get see better, you next buddy. week, Rob. Hopefully you got the energy and you're back to normal. But uh, that's episode 43, and uh, we'll be back next week. Hopefully we might have a special guest on and we can interview Rob. him and talk about some things. Maybe I should just kick Rob off next week. No, we'll just have James. Don't. don't. I couldn't do that to Rob. He's so dedicated. Rob, he's a fun punching bag. <laughs> fun punching bag. Is it dedication? You have to go pick him up and bring him. Who's the one that's really dedicated here? You or him? I don't know, man. All he has to do is walk to the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the dedicated one? Uh, oh boy, that's a closer right there. Rob Rob has to walk to the car and then he has to tell like I'm like, hey, you want to get something to eat? Yeah, sure. What are you hungry for? I don't know, buddy. What do you want to eat? Oh, he gives you the wife response. Yeah. It's just like, I'm just like, dude, you got to have something you want to eat. I don't know, buddy. Let's just go to Wendy's. Let's just go Wendy's. Are you sure? Okay. But, yeah, yeah. hopefully he gets back in order and we get our, our cast back together. Yeah, get his get his little immunity built up there. He'll be all right. But my plan, like I said, was to have to call James and see if he can come. But I don't know if it, what his schedule will be like. I haven't talked to him. And, uh. We could hit him up with some questions, and he can join in on some. When, when is the toy show? March seventeenth. So two weeks. Somewhere. Yeah, you gonna be there? I might show up. I don't know. If you help work the table, you can go and uh, get access to, uh, you know, the honky tonk man. <laughs> the honky-tonk and uh, the man. one bushwhacker is gonna be there. I the honky tonk. Actually, yeah, they got some guests this year. And Billy. Uh, Billy D. Williams' brother is going to be there. Who thought, was a stuntman? Is it his son? I thought it was his son. It's not his son. It's his brother, I think. I don't know. Because he was a stuntman and his stunt double in one of the movies. I don't know. All I'm saying is that if How J- could it be his son if he's a stunt double? In the That's what I'm saying. I think it's his brother. Well, because his son would look like him. But he wouldn't. Yeah, but how are you stunt doubling for your dad if you're like eight months old and your dad's 32? <laughs> yeah. Like, how are you stunt doubling for your dad if you're still in diapers? We could have come on, older. come on, Kyle. <laughs> Let's use some common sense. Well, I'm here. just trying. I'm logically just like, if it's his dad, how in the fuck is his dad stuck? Like he's looking, looking it up, up now. Come on, look it up. We should have shut this shit down three minutes ago when Any- I made the Rob crack. Anyway, uh, if Jason's gonna be there, I'll show up just to get him to meet uh, Bushwhacker or Luke or whichever one it is. <laughs> yeah, Jason's really excited about that guy. So. I wanna, uh, we should get Jason a guitar and have the Honky Tonk Man sign it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. You're having, saying it's son, right? Have him hit him over the head with a guitar. Corey Williams? That's Billy D. Williams' son? I don't know. 
Let's look here. It's uh, CTS Promotions. I can't get it to load. Here, I'm loading up CTS Promotions page. See if I can Corey find... Corey D. Williams was born in 1960, son of Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams was born in 19... All I'm saying is that's his son. I'm not saying you're right. <laughs> it's his son. I haven't confirmed. Is it his son? I, no, I'm just... I looked up Billy D. Williams' son, and I come up with Corey D. Williams. I don't know anything about being a stunt double. All right, here we go. CTS is prouder uh, Corey D. Williams... That's his son. Uh, son of Hollywood icon Billy D. Williams. Wow. So what, tell me he a, what was he a stunt double for then? Because he's young back then, well, wasn't he? On the picture, on the picture, he plays like an alien. Because there's a picture on CTS promotion. Yeah. So he, he was in makeup. Oh, uh, okay. Billy D. Williams was born in 1937. His son was born in 1960. So he'd have been 20 when they were shooting Jedi. Because Jedi was like 1980. Yeah, wow. So, man, he was getting down early. Well, that means Billy D. Williams was old as shit when like they were doing forties. Yeah. yeah, going on fifty. He didn't look forty. No. in those. Wow. All right. Well, so stay tuned for next week then. Thanks for listening to the Sleazy Podcast. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and remember, listen to Sleazy.